The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. The budget comes down in the next half hour. We'll keep you up to date on that as soon as uh, Finance Minister Joe Sisi gets to the budget documents. We'll air some of it live and then give you the details from Scott Johnson, who's been in lockup at the legislature all morning. Um, Just want to circle back around to the story that we were just talking about before we get to the budget stuff Mm -hmm. and regarding the garbage and the people finding the garbage and taking it back, you know, going through the garbage, finding the address, taking it back to the person's house. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon and it says, uh, I work for a county south of Edmonton. You'd be shocked to know the price of garbage pickup from people that discard in ditches and blind roads. Thousands of dollars are needed. Sometimes injuries happen, not to mention some of the toxic issues you come across. And this one says, uh, I was with the Alberta Forest Service in 1978 when I discovered what turned out to be nine very large garbage bags of used pampers Mm. dumped um, into the Lawrence River just north of uh, Jean d'Or Prairie Reserve. Someone had been dumping them all winter and the pile extended completely across the river, about 12 to 15 metres. Wow, how about this? Hi, Jaylin and Andrew. We live near the River Valley and we see people dumping their garbage into a, a small ravine. It's frustrating. I'm sure this happens all along the valley. Hope they get caught. That from Larry. And this one, a few years ago, someone threw their garbage in the Redwater River that splits my 80 acres and also painted some graffiti on the bridge. I was able to determine who it was from the garbage, but they, of course, denied it and said someone (laughs) stole their garbage and dumped it there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Shortly after I installed cameras, makes things much easier. Was able to catch somebody stealing a diesel from my neighbor, which he was told to, uh, which he was told to catch the culprit in the act and hold them while he called 911, which she did. Still pending in court. Just there such was an a computer thing to do. Eh? There was a computer th- computer thrown along that that road going down to my place uh, on the other side. There is. I swear to God, someone dumped out their whole office uh, between the couch, the chair, and uh, and the uh, and the uh, and the computer just on the side of the road. Anyway, uh, I, I'd like to think that most of us, are, or that we all know that it's a wrong thing to do, but obviously all of us don't because people are doing it because they're too lazy mm-hmm. and they're too ignorant to take it to the dump or taking it to the, the eco station, taking it to um, you know a place that maybe you know, w- would use your couch and refurbish it, whatever it is. Ugh. I know. Anyway. Not to mention the fact that Furniture can be donated to a yes, lot of different say, yeah. places yeah. where they can really use it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I know. It's just put an ad on Kijiji. Yeah, do it that way. Whatever. I, I, and the thing is, you have the ability to transport it, or you wouldn't be able to get it out to the guy's acreage or the lady's acreage, right? So you have the so it's not a matter of why well, you know didn't know what else to do with it. It's going and to cost me too much. To, I know. Yeah. The 30 bags at this uh, Ontario uh, town. So I'm my guess would be that there's some restriction on the number of bags that the the garbage people will take. So rather than store them and put out five a week or whatever, this person, this lady, loaded up a truck instead, right? But anytime you have a situation like that, and I'm sure they're no different than Edmonton, you can take it straight to the dump. It's yeah. absolutely no problem. I mean, our... our 
our spring cleanup last year, I think we had 70, oh, remember that? 70 bags. Yeah, and didn't they take them all? They took them all. Nice. It was amazing. They took <laughs> them all. I know. I uh. suspect it went to the wrong spot. What do you I mean? I think it probably should have gone to the place where you take grass and leaves and not to the dump, oh. but they took them all. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Hey, how about this? Uh, real quick, it's a story that I saw last week, and apparently it's uh, uh, got an update to it. But it's these two Calgary students. Uh, they're elementary school students down in Calgary. Um, they, uh, Maya Chow and Eve Hellman, they launched uh, a movement called uh, Hashtag Better Cup, uh, specifically uh, targeting... Um, Starbucks, because uh, Starbucks, you know, very popular in some cities. There's a Starbucks across the street from a Starbucks, and their cups uh, contain, you know, some wax coating and that makes them not recyclable in a lot of uh, cities. So they had reached out, uh, started this, um, started this hashtag Better Cup uh, mm. initiative, and and mainly because not only is there a lot of waste, not non-recyclable cups, but the fact that Starbucks has promised many times to become completely recyclable in their cups, but hasn't done it. Mm. Uh, so what happened was the CEO of Starbucks actually invited them down to Seattle for a board meeting, and they presented their petition with over 300,000 signatures on it. And uh, CEO uh, of Starbucks has promised that within three years, they're going to be completely uh, recyclable, everything. It just takes time in order to get it all through the system and figure it out. Um, but good on them. It, it, I have hope for the future when two elementary school girls can make change happen. Mm-hmm. I, I have hope, right? Um, so this is great. And uh, by the way, it's funny because the girls were down at the board meeting in which, you know, they were being uh, placated. Is that the word? Uh, placated. Placated yep. by uh, Starbucks saying, well, this is our plan and we're so glad you were, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then they pointed out, hey, uh, everybody at your me- meeting is uh, drinking out of cardboard cups like <laughs> since they were going to stay for the meeting why not put them in glass cups mm. and sort of like uh okay good point well y- you look at stuff like that and you look at the the pods the coffee pods mm-hmm. and um the push the and there are some companies that are doing the recyclable yep. uh, pods but there's i still i don't use the i still use the the plastic ones that I just go buy and and, yeah. and throw them in the garbage every day. Well, our recycling <laughs> bags are often full of nothing but Tim Hortons cups, but they are recyclable in Edmonton. But we just happen to live in a city where they have the ability mm-hmm. to do that. Toronto, I believe, is one of the cities where they yeah. don't. So that's a pretty major did city. You, did you see that video recently of the scuba diver who was uh, in, don't, I'm not exactly sure where it was, but in the ocean and it was just swimming through piles and piles I didn't but I heard about it. Yeah, I heard about it. It's just What are we doing to the planet, folks? Oh, well, we're beating it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really really bad and I mean, I've seen video of kind of, you know, spots where it all circles and comes together and oh my yeah. gosh. Um there's an island. Uh, I watched a documentary and I forget what it's called too, but there's an island where it's, uh, a lot of the plastic is washing up because of the oh, I saw the tides that. and stuff I, an, and the an and incredible the birds amount. and un, un, unbelievable and the birds and the animals are all dying because they think it's food. Right. So they're picking out a lighter or picking out these plastic pods or doing whatever, and you cut the birds open to do uh, what it would be, a necropsy, necro- whatever, autopsy wow. on a bird. That's pretty cool that you even tried that, but yeah. Necropsy. Um, and they're just filled with plastic. But, you know, here I am still throwing the pods yeah. into my garbage. I need to do, 
need to make a better commitment to it. In Sault Ste. Marie, Marie, where my brother lives, they're limited by the number of garbage bags that they can put out every week. So you can't put out like five, six, whatever. And then they have their their recycle uh, program. They do a really, really, really good job of it. It is funny when you go to a city. I don't want to you know, mm-hmm. shame a particular town. But I travel a lot. You go to a city and they just don't have a recycling yeah. program. You just think, what? Yeah. How can you not? But we all got to catch up at some point. Yeah, we sure do. Okay, we need to get a commercial out of the way here. On the other side, um, again, uh, we'll we'll take uh, Finance Minister Joe Cece as soon as he starts talking about the budget. Budget Day Thursday in Alberta. We've seen a lot of things leaked since the throne speech. We'll hear a Car- bit carefully more about some leaked. of them. Carefully leaked. Of course, that's how it's done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the rules are this: If you're wondering why we're delaying, maybe you're watching it at home online at the um, Alberta Legislature um, TV streaming thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is we're not allowed to. There is an embargo on the details of the provincial budget until the finance minister gets up and starts specifically talking about the budget. Then we can crack the if, seal. If we break that. You, you can get you can banned. get big trouble. You can yeah, get banned yeah. from the ledge. So. Six thirty check could get banned from covering the ledge for years. So, depending on how egregious the uh, the breach was, so we have to wait until he gets into his details. Then we can tell you, um, as you mentioned, Jay, some things carefully um, made available to media in advance of the budget. So there's no. Um, embargo on that. Uh, Funding will be made available for rural municipalities to set Mm -hmm. up or supplement bus service. That's to help regional centers like Red Deer, Lethbridge, Grand Prairie to fill gaps left by Greyhound. Um, The government has already announced it will spend $43 million to create 3,000 post-secondary spaces over five years to train people to work in the tech sector. Uh, That program will dedicate, by the way, an additional $7 million to scholarships with some funding aimed at increasing the number of women in the tech sector. And I mentioned this to our guest uh, in the last hour. Uh, The province is also offering a tax credit for digital gaming and media companies. The program would cover about 25% of salaries and bonuses for staff. And in addition to that, uh, the government is also providing a billion dollars in grants and loans over eight years to entice companies to build two to five partial upgraders Mm -hmm. in Alberta. So all of that was made available to us prior to today. And we do know from what uh, the finance minister has said that this budget is going to outline a plan to balance by 2023-2024. And that all hinges, though, on the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Yeah, and the expansion. The uh, expansion of the... um, the Number three line. The number three line as well. So we know Trans Mountain is facing some challenges from the B.C. government. We also know that uh, Premier Notley um, is planning to introduce legislation in the coming weeks to give her the power to curtail oil shipments to B.C. in retaliation if needed. Mm -hmm. Right now, let's head to the legislature. Finance Minister Joe Sisi. I would also like to acknowledge the Métis people of Alberta who share a deep connection to this land. Mr. Speaker, this budget is based on extensive consultations with Albertans and it reflects their priorities. 
I want to thank Albertans for their constructive and thoughtful input. Alberta's economy is coming out of the worst recession in generations. When the global price of oil collapsed and the recession hit, we had a choice. Cut or build. We chose to build. In making that choice, we focused on the priorities of regular people and families, creating badly needed jobs, building our province for the future, and making life more affordable for people and protecting the schools, hospitals, and public services all Albertans rely on. That plan is working. Today, in Alberta, things are looking up. Jobs are up. 90,000 last year. Alberta's economy is growing faster than any province in Canada. And the budget deficit is coming down. Though we have come a long way from the recession's low point, there is still much more to do. Mr. Speaker, that's what Budget 2018 is all about making sure this recovery is built to last and built for working Albertans. Budget 2018 is built on three pillars. First, controlling costs to stay on a path to balance. Second, investing in jobs and diversification. And third, protecting public services and supporting Albertans. To set the context, let me begin by looking more closely at the economic recovery underway in Alberta. Mr. Speaker, in 2017, Alberta's economic rebound surpassed expectations. Real GDP grew an estimated 4.5%, with nearly every sector expanding. Exports increased by nearly 30% on rising oil production and an expanded manufacturing base. So we know you want the details. Let's head over to Eileen Bell in the 630 Ched newsroom for the highlights of this year's provincial budget. Well, the big number people want to know, the budget has more spending, an $8.8 billion deficit this year. But as promised earlier this week, a plan to balance the books in five years. Now, there aren't a lot of surprises in this budget. Much of the good news, as you guys have been mentioning, have already been leaked by the government in the last few weeks. For instance, money in future years to diversify the economy, infrastructure projects, especially for Calgary, and the government constantly staying on message that they will not cut jobs or services. With the highlights, here is 6.30 Ched Scott Johnson. He has been in the budget lockup since early this morning, going through those many pages of numbers. Among the promises made in the lead-up to this budget is the conviction by the Notley government that in 2023 they will be back in the black with no more deficits. And the way to get there is through increased energy royalties because of the Trans Mountain Pipeline that they insist will be built, carrying product and earning increased profits because of new markets in Asia. What they are reluctant to say, they didn't even put the big number in the document, the grand total of accumulated debt we'll see in 2023 will be $96 billion. It's a number Minister Joe Sisi is comfortable with. 
can tell you is our path to balance not uh, solely predicated on TMX. Our path to balance is predicated on a number of things, including uh, controlling the costs of government going forward, keeping the expenditures below population plus inflation. That in itself is no small feat. And if we're able to do that, and that's our target, and we've been showing where we can do that, we will get to balance. We're also working to diversify the economy so that we have more stable revenues coming forward. And we are confident that TMX, Line 3 is under construction and TMX will get built because it's in the national interest. One big theme in this budget is how they are scaling back spending. The David Dodge days are done because the economy is coming around and stimulus spending is not needed as much. In the Dodge days, they would pump about $7 billion into projects. Now it'll be about $5 billion going forward. Then there's $3 billion over 10 years for Edmonton and Calgary's LRT. Calgary gets the lion's share for the first part with their green line. Edmonton will have to wait because the Valley Line talks are still being debated by city council. But transportation officials say the money is there, so that's good news for Mayor Don Iveson. Another theme, the carbon tax. And this twist, the $40 a ton by the province goes to green projects. CC says down the road when the Trudeau government adds its carbon tax to bring it up to 50, that extra revenue from the feds will go to Alberta's bottom line. You know, on the um, Alberta Climate Leadership Plan funds, uh, those will continue to be, every dime of those will be, continue to be reinvested back into the economy in Alberta through things like uh, rebates and uh, uh, vital uh, uh, assistance to uh, uh, decarbon our, our, our uh, uh, energy um, and other things to energy efficiencies. Uh, so every dime of the Alberta Climate Leadership Plan will go back into Alberta. Uh, the additional uh, revenue that will come from the federally imposed carbon price tied to the Trans Mountain Pipeline construction uh, will be used to support vital public services in this province, helping to cut further into the deficit. Yes. The other storyline from this budget, cannabis. Details are still being worked out, but every other province will tack a sales tax onto it. Alberta doesn't have that, so the feds will do it for us and then give Alberta the cash. CC says it's to level the playing field. We've worked with the federal government, and uh, because we don't have a uh, PST in this province, they are uh, going to be assisting us in the collection of uh, taxation um, with regard to cannabis. And the reason they're doing that is that they want to make sure that cannabis, and all provinces do too, cannabis is relatively the same price in every province. Uh, we don't want uh, to have disparities across the country country in terms of uh, pricing for cannabis and so we will uh, essentially match whatever happens in other provinces around taxation. It keeps the price down too so the illegal black market doesn't get a leg up but the word at the legislature is the province is not going to make a ton of money off pot maybe just 25 percent of the market share to begin with. To close his news conference with reporters, CC mentioned that they did make some cuts to communications, HR, and IT among staff, and reiterated how they're holding salaries to unionize staff, although they still get their incremental raises until they get to the top of the grid. And things like MSI have been rolled back, although cities did get an advance on that last year. Scott Johnson, 630 Chad News. 
This is the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on 6.30 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. So again, the provincial budget has been released. The deficit for 2018-19 expected to be $8.8 billion, a tad lower than the $9.1 billion shortfall last year. Overall debt is anticipated to grow to just over $54 billion. By 2023-24, the accumulated debt will be at $96 billion. So some of the highlights this afternoon, some things that we haven't touched on. Uh, for the first time, cannabis revenue is being factored into the balance sheet recreational marijuana use. As you know, it's supposed to become legal this year, and Alberta expects to take in about $26 million in taxes. Uh, education spending is rising to $8.4 billion from $7.8 billion as the province continues to fund growing enrollment while reducing school fees. We can tell you that the Alberta Teachers Association says the budget needs improving. They are not happy with it. Hmm. Advanced education spending um, is jumping from uh, to $6.1 billion from $5.5 billion. The province is extending its tuition freeze for students. Um, compensation for public sector workers is budgeted at $26.6 billion, about half of all government spending. Over the next three years, $5.3 billion to be spent on climate initiatives from transit projects to home efficiency projects. The province plans to spend $16 million for school lunch programs for 30 thousand students starting this fall that's up 10 million uh, for H I know we always get asked about um, the assured income for the severely handicapped program will grow by 62 million to 1.1 billion and the government is spending 22 million uh, for more uh, or 22 million dollars more on affordable child care spaces for a total of 393 million and a salary freeze on non-union employees across the public sector is to be extended to September 2019. Now, you'll recall, uh, Jay, when we talked to Assistant Professor of Economics at uh, UFC, Dr. Trevor Toom, earlier in the show, that when it came to our credit rating, um, that it was not just a matter of balancing the books, but having a plan that uh, credit lenders would suggest was a viable plan for returning to a balanced budget. So that was addressed in this budget, and here's how the NDP government intends to return to balance, uh, reaching practical agreements with labor unions to control costs, continuing the salary freeze on non-union public sector employees, cutting salaries and eliminating bonuses for some of the highest paid executives Mm -hmm. of Alberta's agencies, boards and commissions, keeping the size of the Alberta public service flat. And as we heard in Scott Johnson's report, he, uh, Finance Minister CC, made a point of talking about, you know, no no hires and there's freezes on things. Yeah. So we're not going to grow that at all. Keeping health spending growth below population growth plus inflation, uh, dissolving and amalgamating government agencies, boards and commissions, uh, tightly managing discretionary spending across government in such areas as travel conferences and hospitality. Um, before I tell you the reaction that it has received from Alberta Party and uh, our Mayor Don Iveson, I have to tell you that Listen to that last one again. Uh-huh. Uh, tightly managing discretionary spending across government in areas such as travel, conferences, and hospitality. We all said when the Conservatives, when the PCs were in government, find the waste. Uh-huh. Stop taxing us, find the waste. So here's the NDP government saying we're going to find the waste. My question is, what took you so long? Like, I hate to, I know we're just trying to summarize a budget here, but uh-huh. as an Albertan and as a taxpayer, why is this in this budget? I feel like that should have been job one 
Well, it should have been done years ago. Yeah. It should have been all the It should have know. been done by the PCs, yeah. and then it should have been done by the NDP. A couple of texts coming in wondering about the new hospital. There's a couple of things in here I want to mention as well. Um, as far as more of the highlights of the budget, continuing capital investment in health facilities, including Calgary Cancer Centre and the new Edmonton Hospital. So there's on that front. And supporting the shift to better community-based care by funding hundreds of new continuing care beds. The Alberta Party reacting to today's uh, budget as delivered by uh, Finance Minister Joe Sisi. Uh, caucus leader Rick Frazier says uh, the government is telling Albertans that they have a plan to balance, but that plan comes with a pretty significant asterisk, he said. In their absolute best-case scenario, Albertans will have endured years of deficit and be looking at an accumulated debt of $100 billion. That's the number you were alluding to mm-hmm. when we talked to the professor uh, by the time they find that balance. Uh, Fraser went on to say if there are even a few hiccups along the way, we can expect the date for balance to be pushed back even further and even more debt to be piled upon Albertans. The plan is just not good enough. And Mayor Iveson Mm -hmm. uh, quoted as saying, we are obviously disappointed to see a reduction to municipal sustainability initiative, the MSI fund. Uh, However, we understand we have a role to play in helping the province back to a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. Uh, Iveson had written a letter to uh, Finance Minister Joe Sisi um, prior to actually the federal budget being dropped, in which he had appealed to uh, the province or, to give them more stability in this funding so that they could plan better their own budgets. And it would appear as though while they got some indication of stability, it was less money than they'd hoped. Yeah, the mayor went on to say as far as um, the commitment to LRT funding, the $1.5 billion in LRT funding for Edmonton will enable the city to move forward with priorities like West LRT and beyond. Uh, Mayor Iveson goes on to say this means the government of Alberta recognizes the importance of public transit in building a prosperous city. Today's commitment is equal to the one made previously to Calgary's Green Line, and this matching approach is one we want to see repeated in future infrastructure investments. So as we said earlier, uh, there wasn't many surprises Mm -hmm. in this. The one thing I think most uh, people watching the budget wanted to see uh, would be a solid plan to return the province to a balanced budget. There's a plan, uh, but I'll leave it to smarter people than us to determine if that's a a realistic plan, as, as the Alberta Party said. And as we said before the budget was even dropped, a lot. Well, Depends. everything everything is hinging on the pipeline. <laughs> yes, everything returning to 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 uh, returning. To financial stability, to balance, yeah. To balance this budget requires on these pipelines. And and we know, and we've covered this, you know, you've heard it right here and everywhere, that um, there's there's roadblocks to that. Now, we'll see what happens with this legislation Mm -hmm. that Premier Notley is uh, planning to um, push, present in the next couple of weeks, about pretty much turning the taps off. That's right. And that would be, uh, it's going to be an interesting debate in the ledge because, of course, that's what Jason Kenney said he would have have done had he been in power and now uh, Rachel Notley is moving towards doing exactly that so I don't know how you criticize a plan that was your plan 
So we'll see how that works out. Obviously, the wine was just a warning shot across the bow mm-hmm. of BC. This is a more significant move if they were to turn down the taps. And as a funny aside, by the way, the Premier of British Columbia today tweeted out that he wished the federal government would take a, a greater role in controlling the cost of gas in British oh. Columbia. And it was just like, <laughs> wow, really, buddy? Like, you need to read the newspaper. <laughs> if gas goes yeah. up in BC, it'll be as a result of you blocking and this pipeline. You know, and we're and we're still waiting to see what uh, what the Trudeau government does on on <sighs> this front. We've been talking about this for what seems like months now. Yes, the inaction is absolutely is, blinding. You know, Something. So you're just gonna you're gonna let this play out? Let this play out for how long? Till when? What what is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back on this one? Well, you have to see actual action and not just words. No matter who we're talking about here, whether it's the yeah. NDP government in Alberta, whether it's the BC government, whether it's the federal government, but to say continuously, and these are just talking points, right? Um, that pipeline will get built. Okay, good. That's what we want to hear. Now, how is it? getting built? When is it getting built? And what are you doing to ensure it will get built? Mm-hmm. We need a little bit more than just that pipeline. Well, yeah, I, I would imagine it would get built. But as you see from this budget, it needs to get built soon. It has to, in order to balance our budget, in order for us to be as economically viable as we have in the past and for, and for us to expedite a recovery, it needs to get built on time. So it's not, it's not enough. The federal government needs to step in and take some action to ensure that BC is put back in their corner. And I'm sorry to put it that way, but we are the economic engine of this country. Mm-hmm. Alberta is a huge contributor to the health of the economy for the entire mm-hmm. nation. And you see now in this budget, as our professor pointed out, if nothing else, it puts a spotlight on just how significant oil revenue is to Alberta and therefore to the country. So something needs to be done, and it needs to be more than just words. And we saw in this budget as well as they, you know, they've tried to talk over the past couple of years about diversification. Mm-hmm. How how do we stop the reliance on the on the oil royalties? Yeah, but that takes a long, long time. Exactly, it's not a magic wand. No, it's not. It's a great thing, right? Like I, I, I don't want to belittle the idea because it's a good idea. We do need to diversify, and our economists Rob Roach and Todd Hirsch have told us that many times, right? But it is a long process, and it's sort of like, well, you know what? We need to eat more vegetables. And yeah, okay. But you can't eat vegetables today and be the uh, picture of health tomorrow. So yeah, it's a good idea, and it's well worth highlighting in a budget, but it's not going to change anything in the short term. For those individuals waiting for the oil industry to pick up and be where it was before, for those people who are laid off and waiting to get back to work, um, for those people, those jurisdictions that want hospitals Uh built and roads constructed, we need to fix this now. And it has nothing to do at, that, at this point with diversifying the economy. We've got a whole bunch of oil in the ground. We need to get it to market. That, that's what it actually just comes down to. And even Trudeau himself and others have said, you'd be an idiot to have that resource in the ground and not sell it. So obviously, down the road, oil's not going to be a thing. But in the next 10 years, it is a thing. A big thing. A big thing. And it needs to get to market. Someone was asking about sin taxes. Yeah, typically those are contained in a federal budget. They could certainly be contained in a provincial, but I didn't see didn't any see any. any reference to it. Sin taxes being typically alcohol, cigarettes, that sort of thing. Didn't uh, see any mention of that. It is interesting, though, speaking of sin, and I suppose <laughs> shortly it won't be, um, this is the first time that we've seen a budget 
uh, encompass revenues from marijuana, marijuana sales, although there's still some amount of disagreement as to how that those revenues will be distributed. And I know that Don Iveson wants a piece of that pie as well, because, and rightfully so, mayors of uh, uh, cities will have more police enforcement costs, uh, yeah. you know, um, uh, why well, I can't think of the right word for it, but they'll have to, you know, supervise these sites. I mean, there's just a lot that will cost the city money. Well, and there is a vote today in the Senate uh, regarding uh, marijuana. So 33 conservative senators, possibly some independent members of the upper chamber, expected to vote any moment now against the Trudeau government's, uh, against the Trudeau government's marijuana legislation. Hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, normally second reading, a vote on bill in principle would not be a big hurdle, but in this case, the conservative senators are vowing to vote on en masse against Bill C-45, um, but the Conservatives no longer dominate the 105-seat upper house, but with more than a dozen independent and independent Liberal senators travelling on Senate committee be- uh, business, the vote, they say, could be tight. The Prime Minister reminding senators today that Canadians voted for his government on a promise to legalize <laughs> I would say on almost exclusively yeah. on that promise. So, so. yeah. 105, 105 members, 33. Yeah, see what happens there. We'll keep you updated on that one. Now, that's not the only interesting thing going on in Ottawa. <laughs> uh, we've got the Edmonton Oilers in uh, Ottawa taking on the Ottawa Senators. Two teams, uh, Reed Wilkins, uh, that I think both teams, obviously. Before you get to that, Andrew, yeah. uh, the Oilers just announced uh, Oscar Clefbaum had successful shoulder surgery oh, today. Stuff. So uh, he'll be cleared for workouts in five to six weeks. So there you go. Yeah, There's okay. latest on Clefbaum. We were obviously he left the team. Yeah. After the game in Tampa Bay on uh, on Sunday, so uh, we knew something was that, happening. That was this a, week. that was a sort of a weird, not weird situation. That was just different, where somebody who could still play while they were waiting to see the surgeon. Right. Well, I mean, I think if they uh, they were going to the playoffs, <laughs> he'd still we'd be yeah, yeah, talking about true. him trying to trying to play through it. So, yeah. Yeah. It was they. Uh, Obviously played, uh, what, three games after he got it looked at, and they said, okay, you can play. He wanted to play. Because it wouldn't further injure him. Couldn't get any worse, so he had the surgery. So uh, five to six weeks, he can start working out again. Should be good for training camp. So there's uh, the latest there. Okay, cool. So Ottawa, uh, Edmonton, you know how this, I'll play the record again. Two teams that... Um, fans thought would have been done, would have done much better this season than they have. That This was a matchup that earlier in the season, if you looked at it, you kind of went, that's going to be a good game down the road. And it's now a really a pointless game for both. But Ottawa was uh, one goal away from being in the Stanley Cup final. Edmonton was uh, one win away from being in the in the third in the third yep. round of the playoffs. So, uh, and yeah, the the save percentage has really dropped off for both teams. So defensive play and and goaltending have uh, kind of led the charge obviously some some injuries and other you know situations that have kept good players away from the ice well, Adam well, Larson's dad passed away yeah. uh, Eric Carlson and his wife unfortunately uh, lost their uh, lost their son so yeah uh. just a lot of a lot of tough situations for these teams to deal with throughout the season. So uh, playing tonight, now the Senators won't have Carlson, they won't have Mark Stone, who's one of their better goal scorers, and the Oilers are doing better lately, and you're going to hear from Adam Larson tonight, and he's saying it, it starts a lot with the with the defensive play, and I think mm-hmm. they're playing a little looser than they were for, uh, for an earlier part of the season, too. 
Yeah, should be. I mean, listen, I, I'm still enjoying the games. Honestly, it's been uh, fun to watch recently. Yeah, well, yeah Dry Settle had a big right? game in Carolina. Yeah. McDavid still chasing. I mean, he should get to 100 points. How do you score? And, and how do you score seven goals in a game and McDavid only gets one? <laughs> point? He was minus. Did you know that he was actually the <laughs> no only way? Minus, is that right? He's the only minus player <laughs> on the Oilers. But you know, Carolina did a, a good job. In, in that matchup. In containing them, But they sure. didn't have they didn't have enough forces to, yeah. to shut down dry side. Have a great show. Read tomorrow at 2. Andrew. Andrew. It's Andrew. Yes, it's a date. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.